Hey everybody, welcome back to Shot Callers, presented by 48 Minutes Network. Uh, it is me, good luck Kyle, joining me as always is Ben Brown. What's happening, Ben? What's up, my brother? What is good? Uh, a lot of stuff's good, man. I'm headed back to work after nine days off, watching a ton of basketball. Uh, it's been a really good time. Uh, before we get started, I would like to shout out our good friend, Alex Derrickson. He's doing a really awesome project called Extra Life. Uh, he's helping the Cincinnati Children's Hospital by playing video games at a local brewery in Cincinnati called Taft's Brew House. It's a really awesome thing. You can go there. You can challenge him in video games for just a dollar. Um, you can, of course, donate more if you'd like. Taft's Brew House will then match whatever uh, the donation is. They'll match it dollar for dollar. And then all those proceeds will go to help the children's, uh, the Cincinnati Children's Hospital. So really awesome thing. This is going on December 13th. From 5 to 8, and that's, again, at Taft's Brewhouse. If you want to learn more about it, you can check it out. Uh, it's Extra Life. Again, his name is Alex Derrickson. He also does a really awesome podcast for PlayStation. Um, I, I like gaming outside of just uh, watching the NBA. So uh, if you're a fan of any of that, make sure you check him out. It's a really awesome thing. Our show today is a really good one. I, I, I enjoy it. Uh, we're going to be talking about that Raptors-Warriors game. Oh, yeah. That Cash. Un unbelievable. Cash. Uh, we're going to be talking about the rookies and how they've just really exceeded our expectations. And then we're going to talk about the Kyle Korver trade, uh, the Spurs for a moment, and then our dream dunk contest scenario. Mm. Love it. I'm really excited. Uh, but before we get into it, here's our friends, State Champs. I said I'll always remember the wood grain beneath my feet in a busy street. I never said I was angry, but I think I'm still in misery. But it's what I needed, and it took me by surprise. Sometimes I think I'm All right, uh, I would like to start out with one of the better basketball games I've seen in a long time. I would say that the... Pistons uh, Sixers game that I was fortunate enough to be at would be up there as well the overtime game mm -hmm. but this is also I think in contention if not the best game that's already happened this season and that was the Raptors Warriors game Thursday night absolutely I've I've watched it three times already yeah I watched it was... I watched it in real time I watched it again on League Pass and then the condensed yeah. version again um, it, it was a it was just a fun game, man. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, everything you could want in a game yeah. you had, um, except Steph Curry, I guess. Uh, but it yeah. had, had everything else. Um, what was your what was your biggest takeaway from that? Um, My my biggest takeaway was that Durant, um, when he wants to be unstoppable, he can be unstoppable. Like, the shots he was hitting at the end of the game – um, the one where he dribbled to tie the game, dribbled in, dribbled back from the three. Oh yeah, that corner three a, oh, falling yeah, out, falling out of bounds over Kawhi Leonard, who's arguably one of the one of the best defenders in the league. I mean, and that shot hit nothing but the bottom. I mean, crazy. No, there was no hesitation. There was no, uh, I want a pump fake. No, he's like, I'm here. I took a step back. I'm shooting like it's going in. I mean, and some of the shots he took <laughs> leading into that were just nuts. Yeah, so Clay Thompson was guarding Kawhi with five minutes left. Mm -hmm. Kawhi pulls up, hits a shot in Clay's face. Right then and there, you can see Durant's shoulders just drop. Yep. 
you could tell that he's frustrated that he, he kind of just goes into this alpha mode. Okay. Um, from then on, Durant covered Kawhi every time. Right. Okay. Durant would call for the switch. Mm-hmm. Durant would go at Kawhi offensively. I mean, he just turned, you know, I mean, he was already pacing for like 50 right. points at that point, but like right. he really turned alpha. Um, minute and a half left, Kawhi goes down, shoots a deep, or yeah, shoots a, a deep two right in Durant's face. Mm-hmm. Durant comes back, shoots a three, and then Durant comes back again, yeah, hits, hits that shot, shot you're talking yep. about, um, sending it into overtime. It was just crazy that Durant had just kind of this mode where he just snapped yeah. and said, no, I want the best guy. I'm, I'm going to guard the best guy. I'm going to be the best guy on the court. Right. I'm also the tallest guy on the court. Absolutely. Which is crazy, uh, which I feel like we're seeing more and more now where the, the most skilled guy is also the tallest guy on the court. Right. We see that with Giannis. We see that with Anthony Davis. We see that with Durant, um, Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was crazy. He took it over. Yeah. And so here's my question. When when do we when does he become the number one guy in the league? Um I don't know, NBA finals last year. I don't like I don't know. Like I mean re- really what I don't know what else he has to do. Not saying that I don't love LeBron. I I mean yeah. cuz LeBron is for the longest time has been one. Yeah. So what does Durant have to do in order for people to be like he's the guy he is that guy. right what is his what is his roadmap to being the the number one guy in the league what correct. does that look like for him to do correct i think going out and giving full effort every night which you can see him doing um i mean just actually giving effort like he's giving full effort wanting to win wanting to be the best he could be and i don't see that every night out of lebron um I really don't want to turn this into LeBron shade because right, right, yeah, I absolutely. Love, love LeBron. I'm like, I feel blessed just to be able to watch him play. Absolutely. Literally. I feel so fortunate just to be able to see him. Um, but I think KD is kind of a killer and is really kind of going for the throat. And mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of what you need to see. And I don't know. I, I really don't know though. I don't know how the, how the community, the population, NBA, Twitter, everything, how right. everyone kind of just switches and you know, because we've kind of been on this LeBron's the best player for so long, right? I don't know how we how do we get off of it. Yeah. Um, the second takeaway from that game is that this is the first time I saw Kawhi be like NBA Finals Kawhi. Like oh yeah, he was just in attack mode, hitting oh, shots, yeah. playing defense. I mean, that was the first time I was like, man, he looks healthy, he looks strong, and he looks like the guy that we're we're like, oh yeah, he's He's the second best player in the league, like LeBron, Kawhi, Durant. Like we were, right. he was there. Right, like he was. He looked amazing. He's in that class. Yes, I, I am a full believer now. I was skeptical. Um, you know, I, I think I was as excited as everyone else was a few years ago. Right, mm-hmm. you know, um, even in that series before he got hurt on that closeout from Zaza, mm-hmm. I think we were all like fully in on Kawhi. Absolutely. Then it seems like we kind of got off of it. And when people started to get back on it this season, I was skeptical. Right. But I'm like fully committed, all in, and I'm ready to say that Toronto is playing the best out of any team in the league. I know that they have the best record. That's not like groundbreaking 
you know, that's not a hot take or anything like that. The, right, the, right, right. the limb I'm going out on is pretty thick there. It's pretty strong. <laughs> um, but I, I'm ready to say that this team has a, a, a legitimate shot and can be a, a real threat. Yeah. I I, th- I I think that's a strong take. I mean, because I, I do think that they have a bench that's strong. Um, I do think that now I think they have a top five player in the league in, oh, yeah. in Kawats. I mean, I think that where they are in the East, um, we've talked about the East being a little bit stronger than what it's been. But uh, they're definitely up there with, with the best teams in the East for sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, another thing they they come out and just punch you in the mouth mm-hmm. um we actually producer tim just put it on again um so we're watching the game again and you could tell it they get up so fast they lead the league in point differential in the first quarter mm-hmm. they get up i mean right now they're up 16 points in the second but they were you know at one point they were up 15 points in the first quarter with a mm-hmm. few minutes left steve kerr has to call a timeout and regroup that is so dangerous to be up that high and to be so deep. Um, I, I, I think they have it all. Yeah. One guy that really shocked me that I, I feel like I just hadn't seen a ton of, but I've heard a lot about this year, Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. He's really good. He is good. He could do it all. Um, he's leading the league in true shooting percentage. Uh, he's shooting 70% from the floor this season. Yeah. 70%. Yeah. Uh, he's a knockdown shooter. He could catch and shoot. He can, he could dribble. I, I saw him, you know, do some nice, like between the legs, some nice spin moves and stuff like that, which is awesome for a big man. Um, but man, yeah, he's, well, he's long, he's athletic. He can shoot. He can dribble the ball. Um, he definitely gives them that, that third guy, yeah. um, where you have, you know, you have Kawhi, you have Lowry and you have this, you know, you have Sikkim there. I mean, he gives them that third option where, you know, if if Kawhi or Lowry are down, like he is a guy that can get buckets. Yeah, I think he's taken that step we saw. Um, what? Oh my gosh, what, the the Rockets, uh, Clint Capella. Capella, yes. I think I think he has taken that Clint Capella step this year, mm-hmm. where he's super efficient. He's the third guy on the number one team in their conference, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely, a big man. Um, really efficient. Remember last year, Capella was number one in the league in uh, field goal percentage. Yep. So I, I see that, but I also I also see the fact that he can knock down a three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that he's kind of this year's Clint Capella. And now when we look at the Rockets, we're like, yeah, they have Harden, they have Paul, and they have Capella. Like mm-hmm. they have three. Right. Um, and we can say the same thing about Toronto as well. Um. I do think that that Jarebko and uh, Livingston played a little too much, or uh, at, at least like too many. I don't know. I, I don't think you could play them that much. Yeah, I, I think they played way too many. Like <laughs> as we watch them find them out, um, I think they played way too many of those clutch minutes. Um, yeah, Jarebko had thirty three minutes. Yeah, I don't see. I, I don't see it, man. No, I, I don't either. And Livingston played like 20. But I think part of that, too, is that you're down Draymond and you're down Steph. So, I mean, yeah, that's two two guys that would probably would have been on the floor um, in that clutch time. So, I mean, it, you know. But I, I don't – I'm with you. I really don't see – I don't see why they were on the floor. But, you know, um, 
those are quality minutes they're getting too. So I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I'm yeah. with you. That that little pivot step that Kawhi does, mm-hmm. where he gets the ball and he just like he he plants the one foot mm-hmm. and he'll just spin. Yeah, he just look, he just spin, spin this way, spin that way, spin this way, and then he'll just finally, whether it's fade away under, uh, to the side, whatever it is, he gets that shot. Yeah, it is crazy to yeah. see. Absolutely, it's literally crazy to see. He just cooks people every time. With yeah, him. he does. He's, I, mean, I think it helps too. Like his 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 length in his hands. I mean, he's able to get shots that most six seven guys can't get. His so. hands are. Yeah, they're enormous. They're crazy. I mean, yeah. So. They look photoshopped. They do. <laughs> they really do. I, there's they a do. few things. Like, I look up some freak athlete stuff every once in a while. His hands are in there. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant's legs, for whatever reason, I think looking at Kevin Durant's legs is so, I hate to even say funny, but funny. I yeah. mean, it is insane to, to look at Kevin Durant's <laughs> legs. Um, they're like hockey sticks. And like, then, like, weird. Saquon Barkley's legs, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's those, a freak. Those are ones where I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not the same. Is, yeah. Right. Like my yeah. body is not at all. <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not, the same I'm not built right? that way. Right. right. Um, honestly, an incredible game. One thing I think needs to be mentioned is Drake was in pretty much every shot. Right. Yeah. There's a bucket made. They show Drake. Yeah. Oh, oh there he is. He just popped <laughs> up. There it is. I say it, and then it happened on the screen. It, it actually happened. Um, and it didn't matter who made the bucket. I mean, that time Golden State makes a bucket, show Drake. Yeah. You know, Toronto goes down, and makes a bucket, got to show Drake. So I thought that was a really funny, uh, funny thing that they yeah. did, and just kept going back to him. <laughs> I, I really like Drake, and I like him courtside. I think it brings um, some big energy to the games. Especially in Toronto, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, Toronto is a great city. But see, like right there, he. I mean, it's it's funny because <laughs> we're we're talking about it. And he keeps popping up on the screen, but um, it, yeah, I, I it's like almost like that Jack Nicholson. Feel, it is, you know it what is. I mean? Where they have they have they, that, they have that feel, like Spike Lee. Yeah, yeah like exactly. Spike Lee. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is awesome to see. Yeah, uh, I really like it. It again, it just adds this kind of layer of depth. It feels like a bigger game, mm-hmm. right? Drake's taking the time out to do that. You know, he's, he drops a record every, like, three months. Right. And it's, like, 20 tracks. Right. Yeah. But, but, yeah, he's still taking the time to be the ambassador. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Danny Green is as clutch as they come. Yeah. Danny I'm all Green, in on Danny Green. Yeah, Danny Green hits some big shots, man. He, I think he leads the league in plus minus. Yeah, he has to. I, I really think yeah, he, he does. He hits some big shots. Yeah. So, I'm... I'm all in on Toronto. Um, I think that this is probably our finals right here. I'm putting Toronto above Boston. Mm. Mm. I'm putting Toronto above Boston. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. I still worry that that Boston doesn't have. They're talented, right? They're obviously like stupid talented, but they're not top tier talented. Right. Toronto last year was talented, but they weren't top tier talented. Top-tier ta- right. I think you have to be top tier talented, and we look at who's been successful, you know, the last how many years. Right. Everyone has that top tier talent. Everyone has like a top five or ten player in the league. Right. And right now, Boston doesn't have it. I don't know where you put Ka- or uh, Kyrie. I'd probably put him t- ten to fifteen or whatever. Right. Um, but I don't know of a team in this NBA right now that can win without a top. Know, five players. So. Oh, I, I I don't think it's possible. Yeah, you I don't have either. to have one. I don't either. So 
That's why I'm putting Toronto over. Oh my gosh, we just watched Kevin Durant hit that shot again. Um, this game's incredible. If you have League Pass, go back and watch it. I don't know if it's on like YouTube or something. I'm sure it's got to be. But like, man, this is an instant classic. Incredible. Those Warriors game. unis are fire. Yeah. I do like those Warriors uniforms. And when did they have those? Is that like the 70s or yeah, something? Yeah, it was like the yeah, World Chamberlain World, days. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. That might be the seven, like their championship. Or yeah. their, uh, yeah, their. Did they say Golden State on or just Warriors? Well, this is Warriors. Yeah. Warriors. So this might have been like the San Francisco Warriors jerseys. Right, yeah. I'm in. Uh, Durant, of course, ended with 51 points. It's insane that that's a, that's a minus five. Mm. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> um, 51 and a loss is crazy. 51. Uh, love it. 51 and 11 boards. Mm-hmm. Killed it. Um, Kawhi ended with 37. He was a plus three. 37 and 8. Mm-hmm. Um, Siakam had 26. Abaka had 20. Clay Thompson had 23. Uh, another thing about Clay Thompson, he can just straight up sprint the opposite way of the basket, get to the three point line. And just catch and, the ball and just shoot. And it. shoot, yeah. He, I mean, he is like full on sprinting. And I want to, I want to like, when I'm taking notes, you know what I mean, or watching this, I'm like, oh, oh Clay took a bad shot, and it goes in. I'm like, ah, man, like <laughs> I want to, I want to say it's a bad shot, but right. it, it goes in, and it's so crazy to watch because it, it seems like those shouldn't go in, right? But it is crazy for his catch and shoot ability is just absolutely unreal. absolutely. Um, all right, man, great game. Love it. Please go and watch it. It's great NBA. Um, made me just gush over how, how lucky we are to watch the level of talent yeah. we're watching. Oh, we didn't talk about Kyle Lowry's defense. Yes. He's, yeah. great. He's great defensively, man. He is man. awesome defensively. For a guy his size, so good. He defends very well. Yeah. So good. I and think- it didn't matter who, what side. Like, right here, we're watching these. He's up on Iguodala, who's probably four or five inches bigger than he is, and I mean, he just rips him at the end of the game there. Only guy in the NBA to average over 10 assists a game is Kyle Lowry. Wow. They got it all, man. They, they have, They really have it all there. I'm, I'm really excited to see this Toronto team. I think that this is the year that they're going to make the finals. I'm going to put that on wax. Oh, yeah. You go. heard it here first. Shot Callers Podcast, you heard it here first. This is it. Toronto's making the finals. We witnessed the finals preview. On Thursday. Uh, let's get into the rookies as well, because I think that the only thing I liked this week, as much as this game, uh, was watching these rookies. We saw Luka Doncic absolutely mm. destroy the internet, uh, especially in that first quarter with the Rockets game. Uh, we saw Jaron Jackson put up 36 points. Yeah. Um, we just, I, I feel like rookies are really, really hot right now. Yeah. Um, let's start with Luka. <laughs> Where do, I mean, where do we start? <laughs> He's averaging 19, 7, and 4, mm-hmm. shooting 44, 38, and 80. Um, is he tall, James Harden? Uh, I think so. His, I think I texted, I, when we talk I about, texted this in the group chat like <laughs> a week ago. And, and, and tell them other, we're not going to name them, but we got to tell them other podcasts, you know, you got to start stop stealing our stuff. Man. I'm I, not, I'm not going to say their names. I'm not going to put anybody <laughs> out there. But stop stealing our stuff because you know we we put that out there. We be t- I think they're reading our text, our our tweets. But yeah, you know. they must have access to the group chat. <laughs> he's definitely he's definitely James Harden. That's two inches taller. Yeah, um, I that's was, another guy with great shot making ability. Luca's got amazing shot making ability. Yeah, and the fact that they they played each other also. 
uh, was really fun to see. It was. Now, and this is something that when we post this podcast on Twitter, we'll go ahead and reply, we'll reply to our own tweet with the podcast, and we'll put out this shot chart showing uh, showing James Harden and Luca's shot chart. Yeah. They're fairly similar, but you can tell that James Harden is all in on just shooting threes and layups. Like, there is nothing else on this shot chart other than threes and layups. Like, a- absolutely nothing. That's all he does. Um, Luca is mostly threes and layups, but he's still shooting uh, a decent amount of mid-range. I think 40% of his shots still come from mid-range, where James Harden has, like, 15%. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so... And the cool thing about James Harden is, and I know that we talked about this before, was that he <laughs> he can get to his left. He's left-handed, known left-handed, and nobody can stop it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's constant. I mean, I know this is getting off of what we're talking about. But no, it just, is. No, but for real. Like, but like, he's able to get to his spot whenever he wants to. Every time. And, I mean, it's just amazing. And if you know that a guy is getting there... If if you know what a guy is going to do, and he can still do it, right? What does that tell you about his game? Right. He, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. That just tells you, I think, that he's dominant. Yeah. Uh, knowing a guy's going to do something, and then he just does it anyways. Yeah. Gets to where he wants to, whenever he wants to. Yeah. But but and talking about Luca, he is the kind of the same way. I mean, he's a, his shot making ability and his ability to get to his spots on the floor. Um. As a, as a rookie is just amazing. I mean, it, it means watching some of the things he's doing. I mean, it's just as a rookie, it's just kind of crazy that he can get to where he wants on his spots and just make incredible shots. Yeah, I I like um, I'm almost done looking at him like a rookie. Yeah, I feel like I'm like already over that. You know what I mean? It's he's he feels too advanced for a rookie. I'm curious though. What do you think his ceiling is? Like, how much do you think he progresses past this? Oh. Right? If he's do, if he's at almost 20 points a game now, um, 20 points a game, seven boards, like, know, oh, four yeah. assists, like, what do you think his splits look like at his peak? Um, At his peak, I think he's 20, anywhere from 26 to 28 points. Okay. Um, Anywhere from seven to nine rebounds. I don't never... I don't know if he'll ever be a like a, just a dominant great rebounder, but yeah. seven to nine rebounds. Okay. Um, I think he'll become a little bit more of a facilitator. The more people know that he can hit shots, I think he'll become more of a facilitator just because people will be open trying to cover for what he's doing. So I think his assist will go up. I think he'll become a uh, anywhere from five and a half to six and a half assist guy because I think that he's just going to be able to um, – He's going to be able to get shots for his teammates. You know who I just put him up against to compare stats, and they're eerily similar? Rookie LeBron. Tom Chambers. Oh. Okay. Yeah, like... Okay. Chambers has got him... Like, he's got Chambers on assists, but everything else is, like, super close. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think that... I mean, you, you said 26 to 28 points. Mm-hmm. Around eight boards and around five or six assists. Oh, absolutely. That's what LeBron's doing this year. Yeah. Well, well, let's let's think about this. I I'm mean, just, like I, he's going I, to. I, don't, be, I hate to compare him to like arguably the greatest player ever. Already, right, right. He's played like what nineteen games. I'm not saying that he's LeBron James. I'm just saying that his production. He has he has a lot of of potential in his. He's got LeBron traits. Yeah, yeah for sure. 
he definitely, I mean, I mean, he sees the floor well. He can get his own shot. Um, he can play inside if need be. I mean, he's got a lot of traits. LeBron-esque. I mean, I not, I mean, please don't tweet us that, you know, oh yeah, he's the next LeBron. No, that's not what we're saying. However, I I think that he's going to be a perennial all-star. He's going to be a guy that we're going to talk about. That's going to be uh, one of the faces of our league. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, I, I mean, you can see that now. I mean, he, I'd be hard pressed to not put him on the all-star ballot. Now, I mean, close to really? being, I mean, now, I mean, really? I mean, who, who has been better? I mean, I mean, here's the thing though. Do you put him as a guard or do you put him as a forward? Mm. I think Zach Lowe was talking about this. I think, mm. I think technically he's listed as a forward. I, I think so. Okay. Cause the problem but, with that. Is if he's in the West and right, he's a you forward, got, you got your Durant, your LeBron, your right, yeah. That's what I worry about. Uh, but I mean, also if he's a guard, you have Steph, you have Harden, right? You have Russ. Russ will always give votes because yep. he's the fan favorite. Uh, so I think I don't know. I don't know if you can kind of flex him if he could play whatever. Right. He he feels truly positionless. I know. I feel like everyone's been saying that, and people love saying that basketball is positionless now, and that's a yeah. really, really trendy thing to say. Right. I think that he's like a perfect example of it. Um, I would agree. I worry about him and Dennis Smith Jr. playing together at the same time. Okay. When Dennis Smith Jr. wasn't playing the other night, he had a really good game facilitating. I think that it's no surprise Dennis Smith Jr. has been. I feel like he's regressed um, this year. I think that that's safe to say that last year he kind of got shot out of cannon and everyone was, was positive that he was going to be really good. Right. Um, I'm not so positive anymore. Pulling up these numbers. Okay. This was extremely shocking to me. Okay. When Luca and Dennis Smith Jr. are on the floor together, mm-hmm. which they've played over 400 minutes together, they have a net rating of negative 5.9. Mm. Okay. When you pull all, you know, two tan- two player tandems that have played 400 minutes together, mm-hmm. there's 137 of them. They rank 131 out of 137 in net rating together. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so who's your franchise? <laughs> there, I mean, because at some point you're gonna have to make that decision. I mean, that you can't. Right. Their assist to turnover ratio together. Ranks 136 out of 137. Holy cow. I don't, like, statistically, I don't think they can coexist. And the, really the problem is, if you watch Dallas, their problem is in the half court. When they're in transition, they're awesome together. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. is also really good at driving and then kicking it out to Luka, and Luka can be from anywhere on the floor right. and hit a shot, uh, which is really a big advantage to, to that. But in the half court, it just doesn't seem to work. So the problem is, like, when they set up in the half court, it, it, I don't know. And I don't think you can just rely only on transition though. Right. I mean, you have to have some kind of half court offense. Right. And be so, able to score in the half court. So, I mean, you have to keep Luca. I don't think that's even in question. You have to keep Luca. Right. Especially since you invested two first rounders in him this year. Right. So what do they do with Dennis Smith Jr.? Do they keep trying it out? Rick Carlisle's obviously, fantastic coach right absolutely um i would put him up there 
you know, in the top whatever of coaches. Yeah, I would uh, agree. Pin him against whoever. I, I like Rick Carlisle a lot, especially being from Detroit. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're just gonna have to figure that part out. That's yeah. a, that's the part I worry about with Luca. Otherwise, he's great. He's gonna be awesome forever. Yes. I think. Um, crazy to me that he wasn't taken number one. I'm sorry if you were any team that didn't pick him. That's embarrassing for you. But he's he's gonna be, <laughs> he's gonna be great, and I can't wait to watch him. Also, can't wait because I'm in my fantasy dynasty league. Very, oh yeah. Don't you have him and Aiton? I don't have Aiton. Oh okay. No, I have him and Embiid. That's right. Mm. I'm feeling good. You are feeling good. I'm feeling good. <laughs> All right, let's go on to uh, my second favorite rookie, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Michigan State. What's up? Jaron has been awesome as well. He had 36 the other night uh, in the game against Brooklyn. Um, and I think he had – I think he had – it went into overtime – Mm-hmm. But I believe he had 35 or so before overtime. Mm-hmm. So 35 in regulation. He is the third youngest player to score 35 points in a game. Who are the two players younger? Mm. Do, 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 do. LeBron? Yep. Mm. KD? Okay, I was going to say Durant. LeBron and Durant? Wow. That's More. pretty That's pretty good company. That is pretty good company. Absolutely. Um, I'm loving Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. I'm loving him. I'm all in. Yeah, I he was. We did a we did a really awesome pod. It was one of my favorite pods we've we've ever recorded. Uh, in my short time here at 48 minutes, was our mock draft in the kitchen in Tim's kitchen, and um, at the end we said who's going to be, you know, who's going to be the boom, who's going to be the bust, and you weren't allowed to pick. Trey Young for the bust. <laughs> Almost seems rude that we made that a rule. And you couldn't pick Luca as the boom. Right. And I said, I definitely think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be the boom. And I picked Bagley as the bust. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, you're, uh, yeah. That's that's me too, my own horn. Go ahead and go ahead and skip forward if you don't want to hear it. But, <laughs> but he's been great, man. Yeah. Memphis has been great. Memphis has been a surprise. I mean, it's, that's I know when we were talking about um Earlier in the season, we're like, which team do do we not want to watch? And Memphis was definitely on top of the radar. But um, he's been he's been surprisingly well. Um, he started 19 out of 21 games for them. I mean, he's been impressive, um, averaging I think he's averaging what 10 10.6 and four 4.3 assists or rebounds. And I mean, he's been really good for them. Um, Those stats that really are impressive are his blocks and steals. I mean, yeah. I think he's 1.5 in each, yeah. 1.5 plus in each. Yeah. Um, which, would, if you can get a combo of three plus That's, in yeah. steals and blocks, I mean, you're you're making it. Yeah, game. absolutely. Um, I think I think it's helped him too, um, which is, I mean, most rookies don't have the opportunity to to learn from a, a Marcus off. Um, I think that's helped a ton. Um, even though we talk about, you know them being slow paced and things that they're, you know, they're so slow, at, you know, what they do offensively. Um, but I think that's been to their advantage. I mean, um, Gasol has done, he's had a really, really good year. He's been um, incredible. He's this been, year. yeah, he's been lights out. So, I mean, what is he? 34, four, 34, <laughs> four, sure. I mean, and that's, that's old NBA yeah. wise. I mean, especially for a big man. So I think Mark Gasol um, might, I, I, I think right now he's making the all-star team. Yeah. 
I, w- I would definitely agree with that. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think he's had some, some veteran leaders there with him. Um, and he's just been able to play. I think he's been able to play and he's played well. He's been had a great impact down here in Memphis. What an awesome situation for him to go into. Mm-hmm. He gets Mike Conley to facilitate to him. He gets Mark Gasol to kind of be the, you know, like to, to be the perfect mentor right. on like, here's what you want to be. Um, I mean, Marcus Gasol is stout defensively. Mm-hmm. He wasn't always for his career, of course. Um, and really interesting, I heard it the other day, um, that he's he only made the all-defensive team once, and that was the year he won Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of just a weird stat. But I think that Marcus Gasol shoots threes really well. He defends really well. I mean, he's obviously really tall. I think that kind of fits into what Jaron Jackson's all about, <laughs> right? So Absolutely. That's... That team's gonna be gonna be good as long as they have Jared Jackson. Jared Jackson's definitely not gonna be the number one guy. I still do think he needs someone to kind of um, lead the show, right? But as a complimentary piece, he's he's incredible. I think that his three point shot makes him a unicorn. I think his driving ability will make him a star, but I think his th- I think his defense will make him like an all NBA player one day. Yeah. I think I think that sets him apart from the rest of those guys is that he plays really good defense. I yeah. think that's that's. I mean, because everybody, you know, in that instance, you know, being able to score is okay, being able to do the things he does offensively is okay. But when you can play defense on top of that, that makes you the elite. Yeah. So I think that's where he's at. I think yeah. that's where he'll be. He does lead the league in fouls, which can be a problem. It was a problem at Michigan State. Yeah. But that's. I think showing effort, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think that if he stays out of foul trouble, he's going to be all right. For sure. Yeah. Also, watching him drive, he's – how tall is he? Seven foot? Yeah, I think seven so. Seven foot, six eleven or so. He gets so low when he's driving to the lane, kind of like Brandon Ingram does. Yeah. You know, we see Brandon Ingram drive to the lane. He just drops that shoulder and all the way to the ground. Yeah. Six eleven. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Uh, he drops his shoulder all the way to the ground, and then he's able to keep the ball yeah. away with that long arm. And uh, and then when he gets to the basket, again, just like Brandon Ingram, he just explodes up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's so tall and lanky that it it's just so hard to defend it. It's crazy. So, Jaron Jackson's awesome. Going to be fun to watch. Going to be fun to watch. I would say that if I was redrafting right now this draft class, Ooh. I got 20 games in, right? All right. Um, of course. 20 games in, redrafting, taking Luka number one. Absolutely. I'm taking Jaron Jackson number two. Mm. I'm taking Jaron Jackson number two. Okay. Um, over Aiden? Over Aiden. And we can get into Aiden, I guess, yeah. right now. DeAndre Aiden, the ultimate garbage time center. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate garbage time center. <laughs> the Enos Cantor of the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he not Enos Cancer? I yeah. thought that was Enos Cancer in a purple jersey. From him. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Suns have six twenty point losses this season. The Suns have four wins. Right. There's a better chance they're going to lose by twenty than win. Uh, absolutely. That statistic alone just shows me that everything's garbage time. <laughs> it's just. It's, <laughs> I mean, he's averaging sixteen and ten, but I mean, like you yeah. said, what's what's Enos Cantor averaging? Oh yeah, right. 
Right around there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. It's Enos Cancer. Yeah. I mean, when your team... Oh, he's got good scoring ability. Yeah, but when your team's bad, you're right. When your team's bad, you're going to get more chances to score. Okay. Yeah, he's in his cancer. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. Really good offensively, can't play defense, team doesn't win. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah it doesn't mean anything. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do like him offensively. Uh, you know, once the game's already out of reach and they have no chance of winning, it's fun to watch him offensively play bully ball against the second team so that their first team doesn't get hurt. <laughs> oh gosh, oh, Tim, yeah. Tim, get on Producer the mic. Tim, get on, get the, on the, mic. the mic and give me the Absolutely. give me the Aiton. This is Aiton versus Cantor. So yes, Kyle was right. Aiton does average of one and a half more points a game at sixteen and a half to Cantor's fifteen. Is this but this season? This is this season. Okay. But this season, Cantor has an 11.6 to 10.2 advantage. And um, do you like the other thing that's really hilarious is effective field goal percentage. Cantor's got a .7 per advantage at 612 to 544. Wow. <laughs> he's West Coast Enos Cantor. West uh, Coast? <laughs> <laughs> he's not good defensively. He His feet will just stand still. Uh let me let me do all my rips on him first, and then we'll and then we'll say what's good about him. Okay, let me just get all of these ro- get it out. Is, hey, get it out of your system. This is the roast of DeAndre A. Hundred thousand dollar man. Yeah. Cleanse yourself. The hundred thousand dollar man. That's a college joke. That's good. That's a college joke. And this is a great time for me to shout out the uh, at large bid, which is our college show. So if you want more college recruiting scam jokes make sure you check out at large bid yeah that's pretty much the entire show so uh make sure you check it out uh, deandre deandre ayton um i don't know i just i just don't see him being a top 10 player in the league i don't oh, no. i don't see him being a, i don't know if he'll be a top 20 player in the league i don't know man i don't know if it's there yeah um well i mean i i think that he he's been put in a bad situation, I guess. Like Phoenix is not, yeah. I mean, Phoenix is kind of a dumpster fire. Yeah, who's Phoenix's point guard? Last game they played, who's their point guard? Was it, was it Devin Booker? Devin Booker. Yeah, I don't know if Devin Booker's the guy to like. He's not really lead an. I mean, offense, he's he's right? not. I mean, he can't. He's he's the heinous canter of guards. <laughs> <laughs> Enos Cantor of guards. <laughs> All them garbage time buckets. I'm saying, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I really like Devin Booker a lot, but I, I also recognize that he's right. He's in a position to score a bunch, um, but you know how much As does he it, should, how much right. does it really mean? How much is he actually getting better since he had a 70 point game? I don't know. Right. But DeAndre Ayton, he's able to use his body to get players out of the way. He really does play some bully ball, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome to see for such a young guy. He's, what, 20? 20. He's 20 years old. Um, I think that he's going to be good on offense, of course, for his whole career. I think that he will be – like right now he's like barely a negative on defense to me, but but still kind of a negative. Right. I think that he'll be like okay to good on defense. I think he'll get there eventually. Right. Um. You know, I think that he'll get more involved once his team gets better. But I also think that his team will get better once he gets more involved. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know, man. DeAndre Ayton would not go 
I, I might take him third. I might take him third if we redrafted. Right. But I'm taking Jaron Jackson second. Um, one guy I'm not taking up front is Trey Young. <laughs> what? <laughs> Trey Young, man. That's it. Is he still shooting like 90% from three or something exactly. like that? Exactly. Yeah. It's, the whole uh, reason why we drafted you? Yeah, if you took if you if you went on NBA two K and took Chris Paul, just deleted his defensive stats and then turned all of his offensive all of his stats offensive down. down. <laughs> there you go, you have Trey Young. Oh man. Uh really worried about Trey Young, man. I do. Yeah. What do you think his timeline is? How long does he get? Cause well, he's, it's his organization right now. All right. Um, John, like John Collins, I think that the NBA world likes John Collins, but I don't know if John Collins is selling f- tickets at whatever it is, the Phillips Arena or whatever the new one is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if like John Collins can be, you know, I mean, be your guy. I think right. it's a good complimentary piece. So, how how long does Trey Young have to figure all this out? Um, I think they'll give him. I think he'll have through next year. Um, if if he doesn't figure it out, you know, within the next, I mean, of course, the rest of this year and the following year, um, I think they'll make a move. Um, I think the issue, of course, with with Trey Young is that he's kind of in that in that situation where he's not going to have a whole lot of time and ability to be able to um, make any adjustments unless they find some players. Um, that team is not very good. I mean, and and it's almost like I, as much as you as much as you wanted to one want to say that he's playing bad, he really doesn't have a whole lot of options. You know what I mean? Like, and he is. Now, granted, he is playing bad. I, I don't think he's playing very well at all. Um, but I also think that that team isn't very good. You know, I think there's oh, something yeah. to be said that to to that effect too. So. No, I definitely. But I definitely think he's got. He's he's going to have if he's going to have a short leash. Um, I think he gets through next year, and then they'll look to do something else with him. Okay. I hope he figures it out by then. I don't think that he'll ever be good defensively. I think that he'll just be like the. I think he'll be like, uh, like Isaiah Thomas was. Remember, right. remember Isaiah Thomas. He'll be a better passer than Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'll be Isaiah Thomas in in. In uh, Boston, right? I mean, Isaiah Thomas was good in Boston. Right. Ready for another weird advanced stat? Let's hear it. <clears throat> I compared Trey Young to Shea Gilgis Alexander. Okay. Just to kind of get a comparison of guards that are rookies. So his value of a replacement player for Trey Young, okay. minus 0. 0.5. Okay. Minus. Yes. Shea Gilgis Alexander is not great, but is almost a full point higher at 0. 0.4. And that team's winning. Yes, they are winning. That team's winning. That team turned the ball over to Shea. Uh, obviously, Trey has... Young's got a ten percent higher usage rate. Ugh. Ugh. Wow. He's negative in win shares per forty-eight. Yeah, I don't know, man. Trey Young, he might as well be like, I don't know. I'm I'm not there on him. Yeah, I I need to see like, I don't even know what I need to see from him to like even care. Yeah. I just I can't get excited about him. I can't buy into it. Same. I'm not I'm not there on Trey Young. Maybe someone out there can convince me. 
maybe there's some hidden games of him playing well that I haven't seen or something. I don't know. If we get Quavo to come here and kind of hype up Trey Young, I think I can get hyped. There we go. Yeah. Um, I don't even think Quavo could. No. Yeah. Uh, Other guards that went in that that, – that draft, we had Colin Sexton go. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been handed the keys to the to the Corvette, and just here you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the thing that was really weird about that was is that remember that report was a couple weeks ago that it talked about his teammates didn't think he knew yeah. much basketball. Or... J.R. Smith came out and said uh, Trey Young was going to be Rookie of the Year. Yeah, like since then, Colin Sexton been balling. Yeah, and where's J.R. Smith? Not with the team. Gone. He gone. So shirtless drinking honey. Yeah, he's you know, he's in his cup right now. You know what I mean? So um yeah, they give they gave him the keys and I mean he's been playing well. And the Cavaliers been playing well. I mean as well as they could play, I guess. Well they had I that mean, win against the Rockets. Well they had the win against the Rockets. They had the win against uh they had another win against another big team too. So um yeah, it was two two big wins for him. Um I'm glad I just don't know who they beat, but yeah, he's again. He's still bad defensively as yeah. well. Um, I think that's kind of the theme of this draft class. Besides Jared Jackson, shout out, love you. Uh, <laughs> I do worry about him and like Jordan Clarkson being on the court at the yeah. same time. That's just like a uh, defensive nightmare. Yeah, it is. That's just I can jack up the shots and yeah. take the ball to the rim. Yeah, because both of them love to shoot. And not defend people that shoot. Yeah. Looking at Colin Sexton's shot chart, he shoots a lot from, like, the left and right side of the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, right near the free throw line. I, I know the post. But, like, but it's very much kind of the top of the key taking, like, two steps in and shooting mm-hmm. there. Which I think we've learned is just not a great shot to take. Um, but... I mean, he's not slapping the floor as much anymore, which is awesome. <laughs> slapping the floor, slapping the floor, and just getting like destroyed on defense was the worst thing I've ever seen. Until I saw that clip of him at the Boston game, where he looked like a two K character that had their controller die. You know what I mean? And just dribbled, <laughs> just dribbled it out, and just dribbled, dribbled it out for like twenty two seconds. Took like one step forward and just shot up a brick, and mm-hmm. I was like. This is very bad basketball. I yeah. tweeted it from our account. I said, hide this clip. Don't ever show it again. Um, if you guys want to check out what I'm oh, talking yeah, about. It's absolutely. really bad. Dude, it I is read, on after uh, 48 minutes. I read an article in The Athletic the day after about uh, Kyrie Irving talking about Colin Sexton. He's like, you know, yeah, you know, he's got a upside. He's got a, he's like, but he basically is like, everything I did to him, I did to him on purpose. It was great. Yeah. Um, he's in, Okay, how about this? He's in the bottom 2% of all point guards in assist to usage ratio. Uh, that's not what you want from your Is Derrick Rose what, the other? You, you, that's not what you want from your facilitator. No. He's in the bottom 10% of all point guards for overall assist percentage. Oh gosh. Ew. Ew. So I think the jury's kind of still out on him as well. Um whether or not he can be a facilitator and lead that offense. Of course, you know, who's he facilitating to? Like, right. You know what I mean? Jetty Osmond, Rodney oh, Hood. Nice. Like, these guys are barely replacement level players, right. I think. So JV teamers. Right. So I I, I will kind of give him a pass a little bit there. But not a ton I've seen that, that would be overly promising. I do think that Shea, though, has been 
Shay. A really bright spot. Yeah. I I think Shay has been one of the one of the um, better rookies that we've seen. Um I it's it's very rare that you get the opportunity to lead a team that you know what I mean he's got an opportunity to lead the Clippers and the Clippers have done an amazing job of of being a good basketball team. So um to turn your team over to a rookie um and have him lead your team and that team be number 1 in the Western Conference right now. Um he's doing some things right. I mean, he's we were just watching tonight. It's clutch time and he's on the floor. Yeah. I mean, so That's that's a big thing. That's that's huge. That's yeah. huge. So I mean, for him to be on the floor in the clutch, um that's Doc Rivers putting a lot of trust in a rookie uh to be on the floor and be able to make plays uh coming down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. So. Shea and Wendell have been my favorite non Luca rookies. Of course you like Wendell. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh Wendell's looked good. He's it's nice to see him and I I I'm sure that uh you'll hear more about Wendell and the Bulls in general, especially with Markin and returning. I'm sure you'll hear about it on uh the forty eight minutes podcast that'll be going up Wednesday. Uh Tim and uh Sean are both Bulls fans, so Make sure you check them out and are, are listening for all your bull stuff. So they'll they'll do a I'm sure, sure more on it. But uh, he looks good. He had twenty something against my Pistons the other night. Twenty seven. I was very very pleased with the fact that him and Andre Drummond went head to head. Yeah, and, like they both like got the best of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was good. So. And Drummond is, I mean, Drummond is a top tier center. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. for him to play well against Drummond, Preach. I mean, it's pretty good. You know, yeah, you know, I'm always giving your boy love. You know <laughs> what I mean? You. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the rookies have looked great. Any other rookies you care about? No, no. I mean those have been. I agree. Those have been the ones that have been. So you're good. redrafting it. Have to go one through, one through six. Ooh. Well, I mean, I'm going Doncic, Jackson, yeah, uh, Aiton, maybe Shea, and then maybe give me Knox, yeah, and then probably Bridges. Bridges would be right, yeah. Miles Bridges, not Mikael. Yeah. Which I, I don't have anything against Mikhail, but yeah, nothing against Miles. <laughs> Miles Bridges, which that that'll uh, that'll bring me into our, my dunk contest. Oh. Okay, we saw our good friend Pat Connaughton just absolutely destroy the rim yes. with this total Planet Pat dunk. Uh, we would like to officially start the Planet Pat dunk contest 2019 campaign. Yes. Planet Pat for 2019 dunk contest. Let's get him in. Let's start the hashtag. Hashtag Please. Planet Pat dunk contest. Let's you start guys it. need it. We need it. We all need this. Okay? Absolutely. This guy is. I I don't I don't think there's too much of a question. I think he's one of the better dunkers in the league. Mm-hmm. I feel confident saying that. So I reached out to you and mm-hmm. I said, Ben, if you could get a dunk contest, who would you want in it? Here's my only caveat. Okay. This has to be their first time being in it, right? Okay. Because otherwise, this this thought experiment would be pretty quick and easy, right? It'd be a, well, I want Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, and Blake Griffin, or whatever, right, like right. whatever it is. And it's just like, yeah, I I know what that dunk contest looks like. I, that it doesn't really spark my interest. Okay? Right? How many people are in a dunk contest? Is it five or six? Um, I, I think it's five, people, five. I believe. Even five. though they've expanded it, I think they've expanded it a little bit. But. Yeah. Five people Where has to be their first time. Obviously, okay. Pat's in it because I won't even argue that. Okay, Planet Pat's your number one. Who else you got in your dream dunk contest? If they've never been in it before, never. 
I want Greek Freak. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. I, I want I want uh I want some Greek Freak. I think that uh oh, man, I think he could do some crazy stuff. I like that one. I really do. I think he could get some crazy stuff. Um Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges was in mine. Yeah. And um, it's in Charlotte, I, I yeah, believe. It's in 2019's Charlotte. in Charlotte. Yeah. I think he would blow the roof off yeah, of that place. I, I agree. I think he'd, I, yeah, he'd have an awesome chance. Um, I would say, I, I want to see Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox. I like that one. I almost had Kevin Knox in mine. Um, I took him out, but I, Kevin Knox was in mine for, oh, a, was minute, he? for a minute. Oh, yeah. Um, I like that one a lot. And I think my last one was Mitchell Robinson. Okay. A couple Knicks in there. Yeah. A couple Knicks. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I had, of course, Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton, 2019 dunk contest. Let's get it. Planet Pat. Then I had Josh Jackson. Okay. Ooh. Josh Jackson. I don't know if you're seeing. This guy This guy can go to the rim. Yeah, he can get He's it. He's a good slasher. Um, I I think that he could do some good stuff. Miles Bridges, of course, would be in there. Okay. I, I struggled to pick a Celtic. I didn't know if it was Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Ooh. I went Jalen Brown. Yeah. I think Brown's a little more athletic. Oh, yeah. I think he's a. I think he's more athletic. I wouldn't yeah. say a little more. I think he's actually just yeah. more athletic. Um, my last one, give me Boban. Give me Boban <laughs> in the dunk contest. Give me some of that. Yeah. Love it, dude. That would be that would be a lot of fun. Do they put Drummond in it? La- oh yeah, last it was, year, last year, or two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Last year, was it last? Okay, yeah. Like they put they put some big men in it. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. Put Boban in there. <laughs> <Boban> in. <laughs> <laughs> Just be between dope. the legs, standing still. Could you? Oh my gosh, that'd, that'd be, be so dope. funny. Just straight vert. Just <laughs> so funny to me. So I got Planet Pat. Josh Jackson, Miles Bridges, Jalen Brown, and Boban. That's that's my dream uh, dunk contest for first timers. I know we I know we were texting back and forth about, forth about this, yeah. and you brought up a great point. Vince Carter. Vince Carter. It's his last year. Last year. He's got to be grandfathered in, right? Yeah. Give me those Nike shocks going yes. going from the free throw Just line. Just to see what he could do at forty one. I feel like he has to, right? He's. I would love that. Best dunker of our generation. Uh, Hands down. Right? Best dunker of our generation. I think it's like Dr. J and him. Yeah. Right? Are kind of yeah. are kind of the two that really stick out for me personally. Um, man, I would love for that to be a send-off. Because everyone gets their send-off. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Everyone does their, like, their tours and all that stuff. It's not like people are like, man, I got to see Vince Carter in his last year when Atlanta comes to town. Right. That's just not happening. No. Unfortunately, because Vince has had a great career. Yeah, had one of my favorite career. players of all time. Yep. But putting him in the dunk contest would be absolutely electric. I feel like he deserves it before before we even start the mm-hmm. dunk contest. Give that man the chip. I would love it. That'd be so good. <laughs> I think that'd, that'd be, be so awesome. Good. How much fun would that be? Watch him pull out one of those old windmill three sixties. I would love it. And he still 40... does it too. Oh yeah. And yeah, absolutely. He still does it in shoot arounds and stuff like oh. that. Vince Carter, if you're listening, this is this is Ben Brown. I know you don't know me, and I, you don't have a Twitter or an Instagram, um, or a Facebook for that matter. But if if you if you get on here, if anybody knows Vince, um, for you know, 
the guys at Shot Callers, we, we want you in the dunk contest. Get in it, please. Do also, Zion, sign that 125K deal <sighs> for the G League. Get out of Duke. Leave. <laughs> Just leave Duke right now. You're doing yeah, you're doing nobody any good. Come That's on. It. Come on. Get, get on out of there. Get to the NBA just in time <laughs> for the dunk contest. Did you see Vince is about to start a pod? He is on the ringer. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh him and uh, another guy from Atlanta. Is it Base. Basemore? Yeah. Cool. Is it? Oh. Um, yeah, he's gonna have to he's gonna he's gonna miss Basemore once Basemore is traded. Aw. Oh. But yeah, dream dunk contest. I think that'd be a great time. Yeah. I would like to see some first timers in there mixed with Vince Carter. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate goal. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's get into the Kyle Korver trade. This was the least blockbuster trade I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was I mean, very vanilla. Yeah, it was plain Jane. <laughs> I don't. But we'll at least cover it quickly. Um, Alec Burks and two second rounders. Yeah, two second rounders headed over to Cleveland. Does this, does this make you feel any type of way? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I think the Jazz, I mean, the Jazz, they, they needed shooting. They made a move. Okay. They brought, brought a guy home who, you know, had been there. It was fine, but. How many minutes a game does Corver legitimately get? Twelve. Oh, okay. That moves the needle none? None. That doesn't make a difference, I don't think. No. And you and you lose draft picks. Here's what I would have liked to seen. I think that Cleveland did it right, right? You had yeah. to get, you had to get rid of Corver. They yeah. did they did a gentleman's agreement saying they get rid of Corver. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Up. So that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they're moving Alex Burks this season mm-hmm. as well. So that so they'll get maybe another second rounder out of it or whatever, and turn Kyle Corver into three second rounders, which is good. That's, that's actually very good. You can build a very young, cheap team. Absolutely. Awesome. Because mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot of guys. You're gonna lose George Hill, you're gonna lose Corver, J.R. Smith, probably Kevin Love, which we're gonna have to talk about in the next month or so, because yeah. Kevin Love's gonna be shipped out. So we need to talk yeah. about trade destinations for him maybe next week. Um you're just gonna lose a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna need a lot of spots to be filled. Absolutely. And if they can do that cheap through the draft, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's Cleveland is doing it right. I mean they're yeah, they're doing absolutely. it right. Um, here's what I would like to see. I would have liked to see something bigger that would actually move the needle mm-hmm. for Utah. I think that they can take on a contract right now while um, while Donovan Mitchell's only making $3 million right now. Yeah. So now's a good time to take on a contract. Here's contracts that would match, okay? This one would work. You put Alec Burks and uh, Cephalosha who's on an expiring as well. Mm-hmm. You pair those two, maybe maybe you take those two same two second rounders. So you're really just throwing in Cephalosha, which you're not going to miss. You trade it to New York Knicks for Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm. Knicks clear out cap space. Tim Hardaway's $17 million, right? They're looking at the future. They're looking, hey, if we're going to get KD, we'd love to get another guy too. Absolutely. We'd love to get another guy. Mm-hmm. Clear out that cap space. The Jazz get a legitimate score. Absolutely. Tim Hardaway's having a really good season this year. That's something to me that would actually move the needle. It would make sense for both teams. Yeah. You know, the the Knicks, both guys would fall off the books. Uh, Again, they could trade Alec Burks for another second-round pick, and they could get three second-round picks. They could clear their books. 
and they could really just shoot for it in free agency. Yep. And say, hey, we're in New York. We got a bunch of cap space. We're ready. Because right now they have enough cap space for KD. But they're going to need somebody else. But they're going to need something else, right? Yeah. So that's where I really think that they'd have a chance to uh, to, to make a big move. It would work out for both teams. That's what I would have liked to seen. Of course, it didn't happen. Um, you know, we love the NBA trade machine, so that was kind of my – this would have actually made a difference. I think this was almost fan service. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Fans love uh, love Corver. Yeah, absolutely. He helps out with the community. He's – whatever shoots threes and they like him so i think he still had a house in in utah yeah i mean there you go he's a guy people will like it so people will love it um don't think it'll really make a big impact but you know i i think it was a good trade for both yeah just not one that really gets me out of bed no um last thing i want to talk about is the spurs Uh uh-oh yeah spurs uh, a little trouble in paradise absolutely why don't you tell me what's going on uh, well, right now, I mean, they're sitting at they're sitting at ten and twelve. They're fourteenth in the Western Conference. I mean, yeah, they're they've they're two and three in their last five with a thirty-one point blowout loss to the Rockets. Oof. To put it in perspective, to be fourteenth in your conference, they are the Chicago of the West. They're the Bulls of the West, guys. Sorry, producer Tim. They're the fourteenth. I want that. <laughs> How about this? Hold on, are the Spurs tanking? They might. The Spurs being a 14 seed, Atlanta's a 13 seed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe we're hold on. Maybe we're all crazy. Maybe the Spurs are just like let's just shut it down and shut it down. Get get in that ping pong ball for Zion. Man, I wish they've had so many injuries this year. They have. They've but, been they've been blasted. But it seems like Pop is upset, mm-hmm. right? And he came out and he had some words, right? Um. He said, "Basketball, this isn't fun. It's fun, right? It's not fun. Everybody's, you know, shooting threes, and it's not fun. It's, basketball's not fun anymore. Blah blah blah." So, Ben, you're a coach. I am. Uh, what? What? What impressions did you get off this? What kind of look do you think this is? Um, I, I don't think it's a good look because I don't think that he is. I think he's saying politely that he doesn't like his team. So I, I I don't know if that's I mean I know that a lot of times when you have a team that you know may struggle I mean you lost Kawhi I mean you can say what you want you can say you know they talking about him not being a good leader and all that but I don't care what you say that guy was a part of championships there he's won a lot of games there when you lose a guy like that and you know that's something even though you got DeRozan back it's not the same um, the Marcus Aldridge hasn't been the person that you thought he was. Um, and you've had to battle through a ton of injuries and a you're ton yeah. of injuries. And now you're trying to rely on a Patty Mills. Patty Mills and uh Bryn Forbes. And, yeah. I mean it, it, and say what you want, I mean, that Spurs team for a lot of years uh, your Duncans, your Ginobili's, your Parkers, your Kawhis they had a blueprint for to winning championships. And now that blueprint is kind of, you don't have those guys on your roster anymore. You don't have Parkers. You don't have Ginobili's. 
You don't have the greatest power forward of all time. You don't have a top five player in Kawhi anymore. So trying to adjust to that and the injuries, I mean, it, it, it's, that's a tough deal for them. So here's my take on it. Mm-hmm. And I agree with everything you said. I, I am worried about pop. I think it's a bad look for USA basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, say what you want about, you know, him in the NBA, but I mean, he's still one of the coaches for USA basketball. I think that's a really bad look to say that the game is boring. Uh, even on a global scale, I think it's a bad look. I think it's a bad look for the actual NBA itself mm-hmm. when pop is so respected. I think that it's corny and I don't often say that, especially about a guy I respect like pop. I think it is corny to be losing and say that the game isn't fun right now. I don't think the game is, that radically different from last year but it was no. plenty fun last year when you were winning absolutely i again i don't mean to like go at him but i mean come on i i feel like it's he's losing and it's all of a sudden it's not, not fun. fun i don't want to play i quit you lose like that's right. that's not how it goes man like right. you've had success for the last 20 years yeah you've had a winning record every year i think since 96 97 yeah it's okay like your team's just not playing well but here's my thing we say they don't have a lot of talent. They had two players, Aldridge and DeRozan, that made All-NBA last year. Correct. How many other teams have two All-NBA players? Not anymore. Mm, they got traded. No, right. Uh, maybe the, the Warriors. Warriors and it was Philly, like you said. Or not Philly, but it was uh, Minnesota. Okay. So, so the Warriors. That That's the only – I mean, if, we're, if that's a judge of talent is All-NBA, which I think it's – at least some judge of talent. Right. It might not be like the all the end all be all, but it's some judge of talent. They have two all all NBA players and I know they have a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but I don't know, man. I don't think that that's horrible. No. And I you know, who who right now is winning coach of the year in your opinion? Mm. I'd say Doc Co- Rivers. I'd say him or Coach Bud. Yeah. Right? Coach Bud right now is getting a ton of credit. Yeah. And the biggest reason is for their shot selection. Yeah. Right? Coach Bud took that team and said, all right, we're going to shoot a bunch of threes and we're going to dunk. Right. And that's what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, they're way better. Well, Pop isn't doing that. And at a certain point, if we're going to give credit to to Coach Bud, mm-hmm. and we're going to say you, you're you in the, t- the running for Coach of the Year because of the shots that you're making your team take, well, then if we're saying that that's a good thing and that makes you a good coach – well, if Pop isn't having his team do that, wouldn't you say the inverse is true then? Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, at a certain point, like Coach Bud is a good coach because they're taking threes and layups and dunks, and that is smart. Right. The Spurs are not taking threes and layups and dunks; they're taking mid ranges. So I think that, like, by definition, you'd have to say that Coach Pop isn't coaching well this year. Right. And I know that's crazy to say, and I know that, like. You know, I'm sure that everyone that's listening is like, oh, come on, this guy's saying coach isn't, or Coach Pop isn't coaching well. But if you're going to give credit to one guy for doing something, you have to give blame to another guy for not doing something. Right. Yeah. I, I would I would tend to agree with that. So, I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's a good look. I think it's corny that when you first lose, the game's not fun. I think it's time for him to, to, to retire and just not end on a horrible note and not make the game look bad. And I know he's been through a ton in the last year, basketball, yeah. off the court, everything. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, 
I, my heart really broke from him last year. Uh, I really do wish him the best in everything. Mm-hmm. I just think that maybe his time is over as coach, and that's a fine thing. Right, that's and fine. that's okay, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's definitely okay. But at some point it comes to that. Do you think coaches are as important nowadays, or do you think that GMs are kind of more important? Um, I'm starting well, to think it's about team building more. I was going to say. I, <laughs> team building seems so more important. Jimmy's and Joe's over X's and O's, baby. There you go. I mean, it's you got to have some guys that can play. I'm saying. So... Because you look, I mean, uh, we'll take we'll take uh, the Bucks again. Like they're a lot better, and they're taking more threes and less mid ranges. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they added Brook Lopez and Ursan Ilyasova. Right. Like, I could have told you that they were going to shoot more threes. Right. Right. Yeah, like absolutely. Just by adding those two players before the coach was ever involved. Now, I'm not in their front office. I don't know how much of an influence Coach Blood said. Hey, this is the system I want to run. Can you give me these guys? That might totally be a thing. I don't know that. Right. But I do think team building has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I would agree with that. A lot to do with it. So you got to have guys that can do what you want to do yeah. and are able to do what you ask them to do. Right. Um, yeah. I think that. I think that it's. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. There's no tangible way to say what influence well, does a coach have on a team, right? There's no. Right. There's no tangible way to measure well, it. We don't have. Yeah, anything to go by. So ask the Lakers. There you go. I mean, is is Walton such a better coach now that they've got this, um, you know, well, better record? Or? Well, here's here's the thing too: is like, are coaches important or is it team building? Well, you look at the the Warriors when Kerr went out. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. No. It didn't matter. Did not. I mean, look at the Warriors when Draymond is their coach. It doesn't matter. No. Like, I mean, think about it. Well, think about this. But, but the Luke, guy that took over, the guy that took over was Luke Walton. You know what I mean? And then the second time he went out was Mike Brown. Right. I mean, and Mike Brown right. was the coach of the Cavs. That got fired. Right. So, I mean, once, they had, they hold on, once LeBron team. went to Miami. Right. They had a worse team out. Like, <laughs> they, they were like, right. Yeah, we well, don't really need Mike Brown. What a great anymore. coach! Like, right. Of course, he's a great coach. Look at this; his team's awesome. Right. I'm not saying that coaches don't do anything. Right. Don't, no, don't no, pull no, that no. out of context right. or anything. I'm just saying that I think maybe their impact is becoming more and more minimized. Right. Uh, plus, LeBron is just not listening to play calls, which is a crazy thing. So maybe maybe Tim and uh, Sean will talk about LeBron not listening to not listening to the coach, <laughs> but. Uh, LeBron is the coach. LeBron is the coach. There you go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're going to wrap it up for today's episode. It was a fun one. It was, man. Yeah. Uh, it was, absolutely. Appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you head over uh, to iTunes and give us that five-star review. Give us some feedback. What do you guys like? Uh, what would you like to see more of? Anything like that. We love the feedback. Uh, make sure you tweet at us. Follow us on Twitter, at 48 Minutes Network. Just search at 48 Minutes Network. You'll find us. Uh, We love to chat about anything. Of course, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. 